Welcome to the InnoStation podcast. We cover stories of entrepreneurship and innovation across the four Ds of the energy transition. Tune into the show and get inspired. Hello, my name is Lutza. I'm co-founder of INA, and our mission is to modernize the biggest machine in the world, the electricity grid. And we have both hardware and software innovation to do this. Our hardware is the Hybrid Intelligent Transformer, or HIT, as we call it, and it's a new building block. These devices go wherever a transformer goes in the grid and enable what's essentially real-time database power flow control. So they instantly resolve local issues, but at the same time, they effectively light up real-time control nodes for the very first time inside the grid. So once we have a network of them, we can use Ionate software to coordinate and ultimately turn the passive old grid into a smart multi-highway platform that can optimize itself. And welcome back, listeners. You're listening to InnoStation, your favorite podcast covering entrepreneurship and innovation in the energy transition. I'm your host, Alessandra Menia, and today I'm happy to have with me Luca Mesosidona, Ionate's co-founder. Welcome to InnoStation, Luca. Thank you for having me, Alessandra. There's a whole sector behind ensuring our light bulb is on when turning the light, electricity grids. Have you ever thought about how electricity generated from a power plant reaches our homes? To talk about the next generation technology that will ensure a future-proof grid, I am joined today by Lutza. And Lutza, can you walk us through the major problems that the electricity grid is facing today? Sure. So if you think about it, with the energy transition, we're changing just about everything about electricity. We're changing the way that we're generating, decarbonizing and increasing the generation sources. We're changing the way that we're using it, electrifying entire sectors and adding these prosumers who are going to actively participate in the power market. But the system that's connecting all of this together, the electricity grid, hasn't changed fundamentally in 130 years. So that's a major problem because it wasn't designed for all of this complexity. That's essentially the problem that we're resolving with INA. You mentioned that it's a long time since the electricity grid and this infrastructure has not changed. So do you feel today that you're living a historical moment when touching the electricity grid? It is certainly a critical moment. I think it's kind of up to us to make it historical. I think the onus is on us as a sector and more broadly as a society to make those decisions that are going to set up our energy future that will be a lot greener, a lot more prosperous and a lot more collaborative. I totally agree. It's a key element to shift the energy transition and mm. a lot of sectors will not gain traction without the electricity grid. Now, since Lusa, I know that you have a master's in neuroscience and, you know, electricity grid, human brains, they are both intricate and fragile networks. Have you ever found similarities in the challenges they face? <laughs> That's a really, really good question. In a way, they're both machines that run on electricity. So that's a major similarity. But what I find interesting is that they're both gestalt systems where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And that is something that, you know, our brain takes advantage of. We have vast amounts of information input and our brain organizes them into what's essentially our conscious and subconscious experiences. What I think in the electricity grid, it's true that it's a similar system, but we don't necessarily take full advantage of it. Sometimes we focus in too much on the local issues and we can miss the bigger picture. Whereas if we turned it around and looked at the system as a whole and work backwards from that, we might 
actually improve it a lot. To respect to the transformers, which is your technology, how can transformers strengthen the electricity network? When we look at the electricity system as a whole, transformers are essentially placed at these excellent nodal points. So what we thought about at INATE is that if we upgrade these nodal points with the capabilities that are currently missing from our system, we're not only resolving local problems, but we're going to make the entire system a lot stronger, smarter, more flexible. This is how we started our innovation journey. One node at a time. One node at a time. So our thesis is kind of just to go in and solve local problems. But the way that we resolve them is by adding this real-time control. And once we've got this real-time control node in the system, beyond just solving local problems, we can take full advantage of that on a, on a whole network level to optimize power flows, to make the system more responsive, more adaptable to all the changes that are now happening because of the energy transition. I would like to talk a bit more about your product. Can you explain a bit more the HIT, so the Hybrid Intelligent Transformer? What does it differ from the traditional transformer? If you think about it as a device, it goes into the system wherever a transformer goes and it fills that role because it connects in the same way. It's built in a very similar way, but it's all about adding these new functionalities, which is real-time data and real-time power flow control. So a good analogy, I think, is like an iPhone and your old Nokia. You got the iPhone to kind of fill that role in your life, but it also integrated the function of, you know, a GPS and a computer and and a camera and all of these things. So now you all of a sudden have this all-in-one device. That's essentially how our hit relates to a transformer. And once it goes into the system, you've got these extra network effects that also you kind of had with the smartphone revolution. Once everybody started to have a smartphone, you could have whole new sectors and ideas, the way that they can connect. That's sort of what we're aiming for. I love the metaphor and the approach of describing us how your technology is advanced to respect to the ones that stayed for us for a hundred years. As one of our guests said, like the telecom network, for example, they developed from 2G to 3G new architecture, but the electricity grid, they went from copper to more copper. Yeah. And now it's time to change. And uh, yeah, this is this is a perfect example of a technology that is advancing. That is such a good example, Alessandro, because I think that is at the root of the problem why we've got the grid as the major bottleneck. In the past hundred years, the telecom system went through this entire evolution that enabled us to do new, entirely different things that the Googles and the Amazons of the world. But in, in energy, we say that we want internet of energy. We want these active trading prosumers, your solar panel, selling power to somebody's EV at, in real time. But we can't have that without the underlying system evolving. And we didn't do that for the last hundred years. So now it has to jump multiple generations really, really quickly. And I hope that Ionate will become the apple of the electricity, electricity grids. Who knows? Maybe we'll be bigger. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I love your ambition. So jumping back into our conversation, are there any compatibility issues or challenges when you're integrating the HIT with the existing infrastructure? Great question. We very purposefully designed it not to have any compatibility issues. So our 
hybrid intelligent transformers are built using very similar processes to a traditional transformer, similar materials so that we can comply with the same regulations and instantly go in and connect in the same way. So to remove those barriers of entry. And I would like to ask you if there are some numbers that you can share to respect to the impact that the HIT can bring to the grid and yeah, to the end user. Absolutely. So we've had these independent power system studies done by academics out of Imperial College London. They're essentially the same type of studies that utilities do when they look at how to upgrade their networks. And what we examined in this is compared IEEE networks um, as they are today and the same networks with ionate transformers instead of the traditional transformers. And we looked at their performance and what we were able to show is that on average, INH technology enables 33% more distributed energy resources, so that's your EVs, heat pumps, rooftop solar, safely connecting into the grid, 25% more capacity through your existing poles and wires, so that majorly defers massive capital upgrades, and a 6% reduction in power losses, so that saves you power for free. So I think from the end user's perspective, we've got a much more efficient, much more affordable system that allows these big advances towards energy transition goals without having to invest too much into the infrastructure, which we will have to do, but we can defer a lot of that. So does that mean also in terms of clean energy that thanks to Ionate, the grid is also capable of adding more renewables into the system? Absolutely. So that's our 33% more DER addition. So I'm sure you're aware of this, Alessandra, there are some limitations on our current grid about the proportion of renewables that can connect into the system while it's still operating safely and reliably. We increased that by 33%. So we pushed those limits upwards. And this is an average number, so it will depend on the exact topology of the network. But ultimately, it is going to take us much closer to a more efficient, more decarbonized system. I see. Thanks for that, for clearing that out. Now, the HIT, Hybrid Intelligent Transformer, helps in real-time monitoring of the electricity grid. That's true. Real-time data is one of our key functionality ads. Surprising to me, if I can just add, you know, most people don't think about it, how little data is available inside the grid. So this is one of the major issues that we now have to solve to reach our clean energy goals. It's the golden age of data extraction from electricity grids. Yes, and then organizing it. And then then the key thing is acting on that data. Absolutely. Well, I have one question in mind. Uh, Last time when we had a talk with you and with Matthew, you explained me uh, that the uniqueness of the HIT relies in the electromagnetic core. And behind all of that, uh, you know, it's a lot of Asian (laughs) algorithms, which we're not going (laughs) to talk about today. But what kind of elements are needed for an electromagnetic core? So when we say magnetic is actually referring to the fact that we're performing the bulk of our control inside the electromagnetic of core of the transformer. Transformers have that electromagnetic core anyway. But what we do is we essentially add this small controller that is not in the primary pathway of power. So it doesn't have to proportionally scale. It's also not introducing any fragility into the system like other solutions. And that controller is controlling an extra winding on our core, which is performing this electromagnetic control. 
somebody told me the other week that it's kind of steampunk of us to do this in the magnetics. And I kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Yeah. I finally understood the missing piece of my brain's puzzle. I'm Um, glad this is my job. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to ask you now a bit more about the startup Lutzat. What stage uh, is Ionit? Yeah. So we've raised our seed funding last year. We've grown quite a quite a bit since then. So we've scaled the technology to grid scale power levels. As I said, we're going to go into these live grid trials very soon. And if we do our jobs right, we're going to be facing some major growth over the next year or so. And to respect to partnerships, are you in talks with someone? Yes, the DSOs are a big customer for us, but also everything that connects into the grid that is big enough to have their own transformer could be interesting for us. For example, renewable generators or big industrial power users. But in terms of DSOs, we're, we're really, really proud to be collaborating with EDP. And our hybrid intelligent transformers are actually going into their live grids early next year in Portugal and Spain. Good luck. Good luck on that. I'm uh, crossing my fingers. And it reminds me also to a conversation that we had recently together, this idea in the innovation system of fundamental innovation. Can you share a bit more about your view on this? Yeah, I mean, earlier in the conversation, you asked me about how, you know, the parallels of the brain and the electricity system. And I think this is one of the ways that we can be inspired by it. It's a little bit of what we did at Ionate. We looked at the whole system and in its entirety, and we said, okay, what does the system need to look like? 10 years, 50 years from now to enable everything that we're planning for our energy future and more. And we worked backwards from that and kind of arrived at the fact that these nodal points of the system, transformers, would be a really good location to upgrade the capabilities, but still keep the entire grid robust and flexible and adaptable. That's how we, that's how we got started with INA. And so, as you say, we don't necessarily have to change everything about the foundations. In fact, you know, transformers are very clever technology. What we did is to kind of add these features to it, add these functionalities, integrate the smarts that we now need in a future grid and keep the good bits of transformers. I mean, if you think about it, it would be, it would be foolish to design something that's entirely different looking and works on a whole new level because you could never get the electricity system to adopt it. We can't unplug the grid that we have and start over. We, we have to work with what we've got and then slowly, gradually transform it from within. I was thinking at your words about how to express Ionit's idea. And Lutza, in, in the team, you're the voice, you're the communicator. I'm, um, I'm one of the voices. But yes, I do think a lot about our message and, and how to get it across. And I mean, between an engineer and a businessman comes the, the neuroscientist, the one that knows how to address the, the message in the right way. Since we know your background is very different from deep tech, how was the transition for you to go from neuroscience to deep tech? I kind of think about my role as to connect the human side with the technology side. So you're right. I'm, I'm not an engineer. I do have some education in business, but I am a neuroscientist and I kind of like see myself as an interdisciplinary thinker who's just really into science. So I spent a lot of time in understanding the problems of the energy system and understanding how our solution is better. But what 
I also bring, you know, a different perspective of is as a layperson, I can also pick out the exciting bits and the bits that will potentially resonate with other people. And that's what I'm trying to do as part of my job. Yeah, it was one of the elements that in, in our podcast team really striked us, uh, getting to know you and Matthew. And we didn't manage to, to meet Roberto, but the three of you have a very different background. And well, we're yeah, quite that's, different that's... people, you're, you're right. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, there was, a, there was a nature study that came out of Oxford a couple of weeks ago that was exactly talking about that, that the complementarity of the founding team can correlate very closely with the success of a startup. And I hope that that's going to be true for us because I, I do think that we bring some different areas of expertise, but when you put it together, it's like a very nice puzzle. There you go. The nature uh, paper cleared that idea out. So yeah, Lutza, to respect to your co-founders, we said that you differ in the field of studies, but also in age and gender. And when I first met you and Matthew, we really noticed a strong cohesion. We really liked it. Uh, so now age, gender do not tell anything when we build a startup. But I am very curious to ask you this question. In your experience, did you ever feel downsided with clients or investors? That's a good question. And it is on my mind quite a bit, to be honest. You're right. I'm a woman. I'm young looking. I'm not a native English speaker. I'm not an engineer. So I'm kind of like quadruple imposter in this world. And that's something that I think anybody who has been the only person in the room has experienced that that can be a little bit demoralizing. That's something to kind of deal with. But what I think is that I'm working for a system, an energy system that's a lot more diverse, that's got input from various minds and perspectives and disciplines. And if I want to achieve that, I have to do my part and, and be the different person in the room until we've got a very diverse crowd. How did you overcome these moments? I don't have a magic recipe for this. I, I think this is tough, but I think for me, what helps is to keep my community in mind. I, I'm very passionate about having more women in energy and people of underrepresented backgrounds in energy, gender diversity in energy in general. And I have to think that I'm not doing this for myself. I'm, I'm doing this for that goal of diversity in the future. And I kind of gain energy from that. That's and I'm not going to lie to you, Alessandro. It's, it's yeah. not always easy. So I'm trying to tap into the community and, and rely on other people as well. That is very inspiring, Lutza. Thank you so much for sharing. Part of our role is to ensure that we all start from the same line when we're doing 100 meters. I'm just curious to ask you one last question. What are the next steps of Ionit now? So with this live grid trial, we are going to prove that what we showed in the lab works in live grids and can add this tremendous value. Once that happens, I think there is such a massive demand for what we've got is that the challenge is going to be on us to deliver on our promises and scale quickly and efficiently to help grids transition as quickly as they need to to enable our clean energy targets. We don't have a lot of time until net zero. And when I talk to some of these network operators, they honestly confess to me that they don't know how they're going to upgrade their networks. This is one of the problems on their mind. So we have to speed up to, to be able to help them. 
wow, I love your problems, you know, like your problem is <laughs> to have the problem to scale up, you know, yeah, uh, I that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, we've got some years of hard work behind us. Trust me, we're grinding away, but I think that we've arrived to a very exciting time in our company's life. There you go. We're going to follow you. Definitely. Lutza. Yeah. Keep an eye on um, Keep an eye, keep an eye. Uh, Lutza, thank you for your time. Before we finish, I have with me the three Innostation questions that we traditionally ask to everyone. So the first question is, if you could have a coffee with an innovator or a person you admire, who would you choose and why? So this person is kind of an inspiration from my biotech background. Her name is Jennifer Doudna, and she's one of the scientific minds behind the CRISPR gene editing technology. She's also an excellent entrepreneur, an outstanding public speaker. I had the pleasure to listen to one of her lectures while I was doing my master's. And if I could have a coffee with her, that would be, that would be pretty cool. The second question, if you were to write the best entrepreneurial advice you have ever received, received on your doormat, what would it be? To me, this is more like a mantra that I tell myself and kind of the team sometimes, which is keep your eyes on the prize. Throughout our journey and any entrepreneur's journey, there will be a lot of ups and downs, a lot of distractions. And what should matter is why you're doing this. And you should just always keep the long-term vision in sight whenever you encounter difficulties. What's your favorite book or the most recent one you've read? So I'm always reading a fiction and nonfiction at the same time, so I can switch in between them. My fiction has been for a long time because it's a really long book is Frank Herbert's Dune. My nonfiction, I just finished Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. It's about um, kind of how as a society, we always pay more attention to innate talent, but actually skills that we build through hard work can take us further. And the people who tend to be high achievers are the people who put in a lot of energy to perfect their skills. Thank you, Lutza. Okay, that's a wrap, you know, listeners. In this episode, we listened to Lutza, co-founder of Ionate. Lutza, thank you very much for joining the show and best of luck for what's to come for Ionate. Thank you so much, Alessandro. It was my pleasure. It was great to be here. If you'd like to learn more about Ionate, visit their website at www.ionate.energy and follow them on LinkedIn at ionate-energy. Also, feel free to drop us a line on podcast at cu.innoenergy.com with your suggestions on the startups you'd like to hear about. Don't forget to subscribe to InnoStation, share this episode with a friend, and remember to get inspired by InnoStation. Today, we had Lutza. Tomorrow, it can be you. InnoStation is a podcast of EIT InnoEnergy community hosted by Alessandra Armenia, content edition by Vedika Kulkarni and Vinay Mane, Outreach and communications by Madhav Uni and Wadar Afi, our producer. Very nice. There you go.